Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Bengals Line. Let's talk football. On the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network. Let's talk football. Presented by Bud Light, live at the Holy Grail. Brought to you by Bud Light, famous among friends. The Holy Grail, Cincinnati's home for sports. Touchdown, Bengals! On the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network. And away we go, 807 on News Radio 700 WLW. This is, in fact, Bengals Line. We have one hour to roll at 9 o'clock tonight. Mike Allen in for Gary Jeff Walker. Mike will take you 9 to midnight. A lot to cover in this hour. Between now and then, I'm Lance McAllister. He's Dave Lapham. Thanks to Ryan Hewitt and Michael Johnson, both outstanding yes. guests. And, uh, again, it's always uh, there, there's always an appreciation for the guys who, who come out every week. But, uh, on the heels of a, of a loss, and it's a road loss, and you're getting back, and you, you, you're you catching up on a lot of things. And look, the reality is you would understand if they don't want to be out in public and talking about it, but I always love when they show up. They show up on time. They show up early. Um, they, they talk about what happened, and then we get to find out behind, kind of behind the scenes what they are that makes them tick beyond football, the Formula One fan that is Ryan right, Hewitt and, right. and uh, the involvement in the community of a Michael Johnson. And uh, we appreciate both joining us tonight. You're right, Lance, and uh, honestly, it was tough after the game getting guys to uh, commit. Um, these guys were gracious enough to do it. You know, I wanted to check schedules and make sure and all that, but, uh, you know, both of them I know are class individuals, and those are the, that's the, uh, the grouping that you go to in times like this because that football game obviously was not an easy thing to get over that quickly. Um, and when you have to go ask guys to come on a show in the locker room after something like that, you know, it's kind of like, ugh. You know, I, I, I know uh, I know you don't have to do this. I know it's not really part of your job, but will you represent the organization and come on and talk about, uh, you know, what's going on for an hour? And in, in both these cases, um, I felt comfortable that, that they would do it in a class fashion, and they, they did. The fact that they responded positively to do it told me a lot about them, like you're just saying. So I am very appreciative of those guys uh, because they don't have to, for sure, and I know the fans are appreciative as well because you, you do like to hear their perspective on things and find out what they're about. That's that's the uh, the most fun part of this thing is yep. find out what kind of people they are and, and uh, what makes them be the way they are and, and why they are the way they are. I love the fact, just sitting and talking with Ryan Hewitt, and certainly you're around him a lot more than I am, but... I just love that, and I keep going back to old school, but there's right. just that mentality of I just like to hit people. My job is to hit people, and I, I like to hit people. I, li- I like to open up holes right. for the guy running the football behind me. I, he just He's built to do that. He's just that way. I guess, you know, what he is is uh, what people call real. You know? Yes. What you see is yes. what you get. Yes. There's no pretenses with Ryan Hewitt. You know, I mean, <laughs> he's, uh, he's not going to try to be a ballerina. He's going to try to be a bull in a china shop, you know, and that's that's just that's the way that's the way he approaches all of it, and and in a good way. I'm not being critical whatsoever. Right. Um, he's he is what he is, and you know exactly as, as a coach. Uh, if you know one thing that I would want to have with my players, if I were to coach, is to know exactly 
what I was going to get out of them and get from them within a, a very slight margin on a week-to-week basis. Not have them up here one week in terms of performance and yep. readiness, down here another, up here. You want that graph to be very professionally even. You know exactly what you're going to get with these players. So you can plan accordingly instead of having to be, oh, I wonder which one's showing up this week. I mean, this, this player's schizophrenic. Gosh, one week he's this, the next week he's that. Hell, I don't know how to, I don't know how to game plan with this guy. I don't know what he's going to be able to give us. And, you know, Ryan Hewitt and Michael Johnson are two guys that you know exactly what they're going to give you, not only every game, but every day in practice. Exactly what you're going to get out of them, and it's going to be routine, consistently excellent. There's no doubt. And whatever, um, whatever stereotype of the dumb jock people may throw around sometimes. Right. We, we had two tonight who Stanford and Georgia Tech. Right. And, and, and Michael Johnson graduates top, tops in, in his high school class, goes back and gets his degree at Georgia Tech. And the, the vision that that guy has and the, the community, the importance of community to him and family to him has always just blown me away. Because it's not, it's not show. It is, it is as deep from the heart as it can possibly go. I'll tell you a little thing about Michael Johnson. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to say it with him embarrassing him. And not embarrassing in a bad way, but, I mean, to show you how real, real he is, too. Go up to him in the locker room after the game, and uh, he's c- kind of, you know, got water in his eyes. And I said, uh, you all right? I thought his back was bothering, which it was. I said, are you okay? I thought maybe he was experiencing a lot of pain. And I'm thinking, geez, I wonder if I should even ask, you know. And uh, he goes, no, I'm all right. So that told me that he was just that gut-wrenched by what went on out in the football field. He felt that, you know, sick to his stomach about yeah. it, that he was he was in that state. And I said, you know, Mike, I, I just I have to ask you something. I feel, you know, a little bit uh, sheepish asking <laughs> you, but uh, we got to do radio tomorrow night. Would you be interested to do an hour radio? He looks at me out of the corner of his eye. You know, like like I said, kind of full of, full of water. And he goes, uh, what time? <laughs> and I said, well, 6 to 7 or 7 to 8. All right. I told you I'd do one this year, right? I said, "Yeah, you did." So I'm I'm pulling uh, I'm I'm pulling that card back now. Is that okay? You know. And so he agreed to do it, and then Ryan Hewitt agreed to do it this morning, and uh, and both of me here, and and I thought re- represented themselves and equipped yep. themselves quite well. Absolutely, no question. Thanks again to uh, to both. Let's uh, let's catch everybody up. We we touched on it a little bit earlier, but uh, the NFL announcing today a suspension for Mike Evans, the the wide receiver of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, for his behavior on the field yesterday. Um, there will not be a suspension for AJ Green. I would imagine there'll be a, a decent fine yes. uh, attached to, to what took place. But yes. as it was unfolding from your guys' perch, which is high above the field, you, you had to be watching going, holy cow, am I seeing what I'm seeing? Yeah. I mean, if there's one person besides, you know, like a punter or a place kicker that I would think would not be in a fight on a football field, it would be A.J. Green, you know. I mean, he's so even keel. And, uh, you know, and, and like every everybody looks to him. He, he's kind of like the stabilizing influence on the football team. You know, when, when you lose him, it's not only, not only does it affect what you do because – now everybody in the second half, everybody there's a ripple effect. Everybody has to play different positions. You know, AJ's not there anymore. Other guys have to fill his role in this formation, and he plays so many different positions. I mean, now you have kind of like a uh, you know a fire drill going on yeah. in terms of who's going to be where and when. So, I, you know that that whole part of it. And, and what what AJ is, I, I thought Bill Lazor put it very well today. He said 
we lost our steadying force. AJ's like a steadying force for us out there, you know, not just as an offense, but as a football team. So to see the steadying force who is stoic, you know, and very uh, stoic, but still laid back, you know, more so like when he comes on the show, he'll, he'll freely admit I'm a country guy. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm chill. I'm laid back. And that's how he is. So Jalen Ramsey had to have said a lot of things that got under uh, A.J. Green's skin. And honestly, when uh, the thing that, that set him off, the straw that broke the camel's back, was when he pushed him. And the fact that the punk pushed him is, is an issue because I've seen players have non-contact injuries where they blow a ligament in their knee. If A.J. Green gets pushed and he's off balance and he goes to balance himself and he lands wrong, could blow an ACL. For nothing, for after a play deal where a guy's trying to punk him, so he snapped and he said to him, you know, like I could have, I could have cut block you on that last play. I could have gone for your knees. Yep. But I respect you as a professional, as a fellow professional. I respect you. I respect the game. I, I respect, I expect that type of respect back. And when he didn't get it, he saw red. He snapped. Um, you know, and I can understand it. It happened to me. I get kicked out of a USFL game. I was going, we're playing against this, we're, we're beating the hell out of this team from oh, Washington. I remember this. And uh, a, a punk D lineman says to me, hey, old man, I'm going to blow your knee out on this extra point. I'm like, all right, take your best shot. Take your best shot. So I, I pull my leg out of there. He was shooting for my knee, pull my leg, and he, he sprawls to the ground. So I take my, uh, my shoe and I jam it on his hand. I try to break every bone in his hand. I'm crushing his hand. And he's you know, reacting accordingly, and the officials are like, you know, separating. So he jumps up, and he tries to uh, stick his hand under my face mask to gouge my eyes. So I slam my face mask down on his hand, trying to break his hand. And so now, you know, the official kicks him out, and the official looks at me and goes, I, I saw what you do. You got to go, too. I said, what do you mean, man? I'm just re- I'm responding to – I'm just protecting myself. I'm just reacting here. So it was in New Jersey, so I get thrown out. We both get thrown out. And I, they're cheering me like I'm Rocky Balboa, and they're booing him, of course. So players that had played against this guy before, my teammates said, you know, heads up, when you're in the locker room, he could probably work his way over, which Jalen Ramsey tried to do to A.J. Green. Jalen Ramsey tried to come over to the Bengals' locker room and get after A.J. Green to finish it, and security wouldn't let him in the Bengals' locker room. So this guy, I'm thinking this could be the same type of thing. So I'm in the shower. It's before I had my LASIK procedure. I got my contacts out. I can't see anything. And I'm getting showered up, and all of a sudden I hear the locker room door open. And I'm like, oh, here he comes. So I, like, come around, the, you know, drive myself out, come around the corner. I'm, like, listening. And I'm going to ambush his butt, you know, as he comes around the corner. And uh, so I jump out, and it's the trainer with an injured player teammate. And they're like, what are you doing? I thought, I'm like, he's like, I thought you were going to hit me. I said, I thought you were somebody else. So... But, I mean, you you know, so my son, and this is what AJ is talking about, my, my, my wife and two kids are in the stands, and my son thought, since I get kicked out, that I had to walk home. And so he's, he's worried about me on the highway walking home. He said, we better go pick David up. He might be thumbing, you know, out there on the highway to go home. So I'm thinking, man, now I, I, what did I do? My son, i got to explain this to him. How did, you know, he saw his dad get kicked out of a game. So, I mean, I, I, you, you, you snap and you do things like that. To, when you react to somebody. So he, he's, he's talking trash to me, and I'm like, all right, you know, don't walk, don't talk to talk, walk the walk too, and he did. So, you know, then Jalen Ramsey does this to A.J. after probably a lot of talk back and forth during the entire football game, and A.J. lost it. 
And in H8, I was very sorry. I apologized to my teammates, you know, when they came in the locker room after the game because it, it was the end of the first quarter. We were already up 28 nothing. We were killing these guys, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But A.J., you know, you're in a you're in a game that's a one score game. It's thirteen yep. to thirteen to seven, and you lose your best offensive player, and now you know he's he's feeling bad but badly about it. He apologizes to his teammates, the owner, and everything, and he's even more melancholy about it today when he's had more time to think about it. But the fact is, it happened, and I can understand why it happened. I've been there. I know it can happen, and uh, the league decided not to suspend him. They just he has no history of this. Yeah. So he gets a fine, and others have gotten fines and fights before. And if you don't have history, uh, and I was kidding about Montez, you know, his history is so long with the league, I thought they might suspend him for two games because A.J. got in a fight, but, um, you know, that's crazy. But, you know, it's that that's, um, to me, the biggest thing was when, when, he, when he pushed him, A.J. was so unexpected of it, you know, and he kind of, like, turned him funny. And it's like, I think in his mind he thought, what if I had messed my ankle or my knee up or something, you son of a... I, I didn't do anything to you. I didn't take a cheap shot at you at all. All we were doing is talking. Now you want to get physical about it, and you want to try to, when I'm not even looking, push me from behind and maybe cause me a problem that shouldn't be caused, and he lost it. That's, that's my opinion on it. And as a teammate, I would totally forgive him, and I know his teammates are forgiving him. I think it's a, a one-time thing. I think he learned from it, and uh, you move on, and... Hopefully it never happens again. Hang tight. Much more to get to. Dave Lapham, Lance McAllister, Bengals line from the Holy Grail Banks, News Radio 700, WLW. 823, News Radio 700, WLW. It's Bengals line from the Holy Grail Banks, First Star Logistics, Bengals Radio Network. We are flying tonight. We'll roll till 9. Mike Allen is in from 9 to midnight in place of Gary Jeff Walker. I'm Lance McAllister. He is Dave Lapham. One, one yes. more thing on, yes. on, on, on oh, the yeah. A.J. Green thing yes. as I'm watching it. When I saw him punching Ramsey's helmet, I thought, oh, my God. Oh, I, yeah. Because in training camp, Jim LeClaire and Bruce Coslett got into it. It was the second day of a double session well into training camp, and they had been, you know, going at each other uh, for the entire camp. And all of a sudden, Jim LeClaire loses it, and he starts trying to beat up Bruce Costa with his helmet on, shatters his hand, breaks oh. his wrist. He's in a cast the whole year with a club. He has to play the whole season. With, you know, it affects his tackling, pass coverage, everything. Oh. And it was because of a training camp fight oh. with a teammate hitting a helmet. You can't hurt anybody by hitting their helmet. When A.J. started hitting Jalen Ramsey's helmet, I'm like, oh, my God, if you break your hand, are you kidding me? Please. But when you see red, you're not thinking about anything but trying to, you know, do some damage. Yeah. And, unfortunately, A.J. didn't sustain any injury to his hand because, I mean, as a receiver, Can you imagine? that's your livelihood, oh. man. That's your livelihood. Offensively, um, it, forget about the challenge of scoring points. Their, their challenge is keeping drives alive now, yes. Dave, just converting third downs. It is, uh, it, it's a struggle. It, it's a grind to really do anything offensively at this point. How about this, Lance? The last five drives of the football game, the last five drives, the Bengals, 14 plays minus five yards. Oh. Five drives. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh. I mean, the, the, I, I, the, so they had, they had uh, six drives in the second half. The first drive, they went on six plays, their longest uh, drive of the – tied for their longest drive of the day in terms of number of snaps. Six plays for 36 yards. The next drive, three plays for minus 15. The next drive, three for six, four for five yards, three for zero, and one for minus one on the kneel down. 
Five drives, 14 plays. Okay, let, let's make it 13 plays minus four. Take away, take away the, uh, the kneel down. 13 plays minus four yards in their last five drives. They had one legitimate drive, five plays, 80 yards. They had the 59-yard reception in there for a touchdown. Mm. Their longest drive of the game was six plays. The Jaguars had four drives of over, over 10, 10 plays. A 10-play, two 15-plays, and an 11-play. Two more nine-play drives on top of that. Their shortest drive, they had two drives of six plays. Their shortest drive was as long as the Bengals' longest drive in terms of uh, snaps on the day. It mm. was unbelievable. They had the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars had four of their eight drives with ten plays or more. Six of their eight drives, nine plays or more. Three of their eight drives had five first downs or more in them. Unbelievable keep away, period. And, Dave, I, I know what we talk about the offensive line every week, but there is no there's no magic elixir. There, there, there aren't options growing on trees. It, it, it is what it is right now, um, and probably looks like it's going to be that way for the final eight weeks of the season. You know, if the Bengals are truly considering coming downhill and running the football, what's wrong with putting their 330-pound guard Redmond next to their 335-pound tackle Andre Smith and let him come off the football. If you're going to try to just come downhill and establish yourself, put some beef trust next to each other and let him come off the ball. What, how, how's it going to hurt you? How, how are you going to be any how are you going to be in any worse shape than, than you are right now? I mean, they're averaging 3.1 a carry, eight games into the season, 72.3 yards a game rushing, <laughs> both dead last in the NFL. It, it can't be any worse. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe, you know, personnel you try to tweak, but – after my question to Bill Lazor was, you know, it's like, okay, do you mess with who? Do you mess with what? Or do you mess how? How are you asking them to do it? What do you need to change to help them do it? And I'm talking about technique. Yep. And I'm talking about coming off the ball. This is the second time the Bengals were beaten up at the line of scrimmage by three college free agents coming into the game. Oh. The Pittsburgh Steelers' right tackle, who was a backup, their starter was down. Their left guard was a backup. Their starter was down. And Villanueva is, it came into the league as a free agent tight end. Three of the five Steelers were back or college free agents. Two of them were backups. Now, the center and right guard were first-round draft picks. But, I mean, so <laughs> here's the Jag- Jaguars offensive line. The right tackle is a 31-year-old college free agent initially coming into the league. Their left guard is a free agent. Their center is a free agent, Shatley, their normal center, who went to right guard because he's been out for three games with sickness, uh, he, he, was, uh, he was a draft pick. Uh, but the, Tyler Shatley, the center, Linder was the third-round pick. He went to right guard. But the center, the left guard, and the right tackle, mm. three of the five players, college free agents. Cam Robinson, second-round pick. No first-round picks. Three college free agents as they enter the league. Pittsburgh did it. Jacksonville did it. We've got a one at left tackle. We have a two at right tackle. We have a three at left guard. We have a four at center. We have four drafted players. We have a free agent at right guard. Mm. So to me, it's not who they are. What are they being asked to do? And how are they being asked to do it? I think that needs to be examined. Much more to get to. We've got the defensive side of things. We have the Titans to look at and more. Dave Lapham, Lance McAllister. We roll till 9 tonight. Then again, Mike Allen's in for... 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. Midi clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Gary Jeff Walker, he will take you 9 to midnight. It's Bengals Line presented by Bud Light. We do it from the Holy Grail Banks on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network and News Radio 700 WLW. Eight thirty-four News Radio 700 WLW, the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network. We're at the Holy Grail Banks every Monday night from 6 to 9 o'clock. We call it Bengals Line. Thanks to Ryan Hewitt and Michael Johnson for joining us earlier tonight. Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham, and Cards. Yes, Mike's car wash time, defensive pass rush stats. Unfortunately, not much to report there. No sacks, four quarterback hurries, no interceptions, no passes broken up. None. Didn't get their hands on one football. Mm. The story was, make Blake Bortles beat you. 24 for 38, 259 yards, touchdown, no interceptions, 91.9. Didn't get their hands on one of his passes. They ran it 40 times, threw it 38. Almost perfectly balanced. And those are the defensive pass rush stats, recapping quarterback. Hurries, knockdown, sacks, and uh, that's where we are there. So... Obviously, Lance left a lot to be desired in all three phases. Offense, defense, special teams. Yep. You can't say that any phase, they, you know how I talk about complimentary football? They played as good a non-complimentary football game <laughs> as you can play. It was very uncomplimentary, non-complimentary. The opposite of complimentary, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it was not good. Dave, I thought there were three, in addition to the, the A.J. moment before the half because his services were lost for the second half, the other two plays that will stick out, uh, always stick out with me, Andy missing A.J. down yep. the sideline against yep. Ramsey, had him, didn't keep it in bounds yep. again, it's maddening, and the Sean Williams interception that was in his hands at the goal line that wound up costing him three, but not just the three points, would have been a huge momentum stop of we, we get a turnover, maybe it creates some doubt with Blake Bortles. You just you just have something to build on, and it drops, and you could just see the expression on Sean's face like, I can't believe I just did that. Yeah, it hit a helmet yep. and, and, and redirected, but it stayed spiraling. It wasn't end over yeah. end. It wasn't non-handleable. Right. Let's put it that right. way. And it hit him right in the chest. 
and he would have been responsible for two takeaways in their first two drives. He recovered the fumble that was forced by uh, Smith, Chris Smith. And how apropos, the Bengals' first forced fumble of yes. the year and fumble recovery initiated by a former Jaguar. But Sean Williams missed opportunity there. You mentioned uh, the, the one with A.J. and Andy. I mean, that would have shut Ramsey up. If they had gone, that would have served so many purposes, not only put him on the board with a deep ball, but shut Ramsey up because what can you do after you just get torched? As it was when A.J. caught it out of bounds, Ramsey acted like, yeah, I used the sideline as 12th defender, talking trash, you know, you can't beat me, blah, 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 even though he's three steps behind him. But Jacksonville had the same deal. Mercedes Lewis was a walk-in touchdown, and Blake Bortles overthrew him. I mean, he does a little tight end hide route, and they lose track of him. He's down the football field, would have been a 50-yard touchdown. Bortles had to escape Carlos Dunlap and overthrew him. So that was a touchdown opportunity that they missed on as well. Bottom line is, on a snap-by-snap basis, they controlled the line of scrimmage, and the Bengals didn't. Lance, in my count, uh, I'm not counting the two kneel downs in the running game. They had 15 rushes otherwise. Four plus, 11 minus in terms of not getting four yards or more. Oh. On first and oh. 10, they had nine rushes of the football on first and 10. They only got one of four yards or more. Oh. Eight other rushes on first down were three yards or less. They had another rush in the football game that went from minus six yards. How the hell can that happen? You're an offense coordinator. You say, okay, I'm going to run the ball. want to make sure we get something here. It's like your quarterback got stacked at second and 16, and you handed it off. I mean, what the hell is Bill Lazor supposed to do? It's like, are you kidding me? I, he felt like half of the plays that he called were coming back at him negative. He went, take away the two kneel downs, 14 runs, 14 passes on first and second down. But they, they couldn't do anything. And th- those last five possessions I talked about from minus yards were, was the ripple effect and the, the, the after effect of A.J. Green being kicked out. So everybody's mad. A lot of Bengal fans are mad that you can't get kicked out because look at what the offense, it wasn't good with you, but it was pitiful without you. You can't get kicked out because, you know, we don't have other pieces to, to put in there and move around and, you know, you had Boyd down with a knee injury. Yep. You know, you have uh, John Ross still not there yet. He's he's deactivated for the game. So you're 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 down. You're down at the receiver position. So yeah, I mean the the whole, the whole thing, Lance was was pretty messy. There's no doubt. Well, I'm I'm gonna ask. Uh, I, I, I and they won the turnover battle. Yes. <laughs> plus one. <laughs> Big deal, right? First time this year they won the turnover battle. Yes, there is that. Yes, there, I mean there, woo, there is that. Yes, woo. I um I don't know what to make. I I don't know how the ninth pick in the draft, eight weeks into the season, has played a grand total of whatever it is, eleven snaps. And I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I take it as Marvin being cryptic. If there's something we're just not getting. I don't understand how John Ross can't go on the football field. Even for a couple of snaps, just say, son, run as fast as you can, as far as you can, out the tunnel and back to the hotel for all we care. But just, just be a decoy or so. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't I mean, get it. I think, I think what they would like to do is have him not in that situation. They'd like to have him in a rotation at the receiver position. And not only – I'm hearing this from teammates, other coaches – when he's practicing, he's not as fast as he could be because he's not sure of himself. Mm. He's not playing confidently in practice. So mm. if you're not playing confidently in practice, 
how are you going to do at game speed, which is more warp speed compared to practice speed? Yep. So if he's not, if he, they say he doesn't look 4-2-2 right now. Mm. You know, if he's physically 100%, he's not quite sure what's going on out there. He hasn't seen enough football yet with the at the NFL level. I, I don't know. I mean, that, I'm hearing that from some people, but I'm with you. At some point in time, particularly, it, it would have been nice to have with A.J. Green, uh, you know, out of the football game, would have, would have been nice to have some kind of a speed option, yes. speed threat up there. But, yeah, I, you know, Marvin's uh, saying for a long time, as I see better than I hear, you got to show me. And he feels like he's in the third week of training camp. He's in the third week of his third preseason game, third week of practice. So, you know, I, I guess he feels like it would be a disservice to him. But you know what? Going to start winning some games. Going to start winning some games. So as soon as you feel like he can contribute, man, all hands on deck, you know. Got to have them all. More to get to the defense and the Titans before we're done. 841, we got a hustle. Bengals line from the Holy Grail Banks. Uh, presented by Bud Light, News Radio 700, WLW. on News Radio 700 WLW Bengals line from the Holy Grail Banks. Just had chaos break out in our prize giveaways. Yes. Investigations to follow. Yes. Total disruption. Total. Audits. Completed total disruption. Audits is crazy. (laughs) Second here. Procter & Gamble, community (laughs) champion. Are you or someone you know, like my good friend Lance McAllister and Michael Johnson? How about Michael Johnson? Active in the community, Kroger and P&G are teaming up to bring a community champion to each Bengals home game. We want to hear your story. To send in a story, email communitychampion at bengals.nfl.net. And let's get social for the latest Bengals news, updates, photos, and exclusive video. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, a couple of things to sort through. Def- one I, I, I meant to ask you about. What did you make? I was I was caught off guard. I, I don't know that it, it sends reverberations throughout the roster. Ooh, but good word, reverberations. I, yeah, I was, where's Ryan Hewitt? Yeah, uh, Ryan Stanford Hewitt and, and Michael Johnson. Yeah, right? Stanford, go. Georgia Tech. I, I was a little struck by seeing the name Deron Smith as the, the transaction to add the kicker. It, I, I kind of looked at depth chart in the roster, and I, and I, I wondered, were, were you surprised Deron Smith was the one, the odd, the odd, man, odd man out? A, a little bit because he had played some special teams for Darren Simmons, and you have two young offensive linemen that have been deactive the whole season. I guess the Bengals feel like Deron Smith, you know, has things that size and lack of speed, which is a tough combination. That's why he doesn't get more snaps as a Bengal. I think they felt like, he would clear waivers, and they would probably get him back, gotcha. as opposed to one of those young offensive linemen. Who offensive linemen? Yep. Yep, they grab him. So I think it was like, who do we think might clear? Because if you're looking at it from a actual game, who would give me the most snaps? Deron Smith. I mean, he's given him snaps on special teams this year. The young uh, linemen haven't even been active for any game. So it was more than just that, you know, game scenario for the few snaps that Deron was giving him. I guess. Um, defensively, Vontez Burfick didn't seem to have a, an impact a, again. Now, he got dinged up, but I even thought I mean, maybe it was lingering going in. But it, what, what did you make out of his day? And he got, I'm trying to think of what it was. He got rolled up. Was it? Did he get rolled up? Yeah, he got rolled up. He had, had a little bit of a inch. I thought, I thought for a while he was having some cramping issues, but it, it, it was different than that. But I think he had four tackles on the day, which uh, I'm pretty sure, let's see, yeah, he had uh, six tackles. So the, the Bengals had, how about this, Lance? They had one, two, three, four, five, six different players with six tackles or more. 
Vigil had six unassisted for nine total tackles. Iloka had seven unassisted. Vontez Burfick had six unassisted. So he tied for third most tackles on the team with three other teammates. So, but you're right. I mean, in terms of impact plays, you know, there's tackles and then there's tackles. I thought one he had was a picture-perfect form tackle on the, uh, on the little running back, third running back of the day for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars where he just faced him up and, and took him back. And, I mean, he hit him right in the middle of his body and snapped the kid's head. The kid's head just snapped back. It was an unbelievable one-on-one tackle. I mean, Vontez is like a sledgehammer when he hits you. But you know what? I think I think Yeldon. Yeah, no, the Grant. Other, yeah, Grant. Grant. I think the uh, I think the the adjustment to playing middle linebacker. You know, I think there is a little bit of an adjustment. He's played it his whole life, but he'd been playing Will for so long, and you're covered up as a Will linebacker. You know, you always have a defensive tackle like Geno Adkins in front of you. Makes life a little easier than having you know a center coming right out at yeah, you right away. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a little bit different. Sure. The traffic's different. The angles are different. The whole thing. So, you know, maybe a slight adjustment there, but um, I'm not worried about about him. I think he's going he's gonna to be more than fine. When I heard the news that, that Leonard Fournette w- was not going to be active, my first thought was, oh, that'll help. And then um, Blake Bortles goes out, w- got comfortable right away, crossing route after crossing route, and just got in a groove and – and their recipe had been getting leads with, with Fournette in the first, scoring in the first quarter, then the defense letting them eat, and, and they were able to change that on the fly, and, and, and Bortles was the, was the recipe yesterday for a large chunk of it. He really was. I mean, uh, you know, one of his receivers made the, you know, that one-handed oh, Odell Beckham-type catch yeah. that was incredible in the middle of the football field, you know, saved him. He does have a, a propensity to throw high. He will, like he, he overthrew – you know, Mercedes Lewis, he almost overthrew the receiver that made the great mm-hmm. one-handed catch. He, he does have, a, have a, 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 you know, a propensity to get the ball up, but he was accurate. You know, yesterday he was – he probably had his – he had 195 yards at halftime. I'm thinking, don't tell me Blake Bortles oh, is going to throw for 400. You've got to be <laughs> kidding me. And he didn't, but, um, yeah, they, they – right away the Jaguars knew their Bengals were going to go eight in the box, and they did it by just bringing one of the safeties down. They just rolled their safeties, brought one in the box, and, and took one deep. And then, you know, the, the best thing to do against man coverage is crossers and crossovers, over-the-top type thing. And they crossed and crossed and crossed and crossed. And uh, it was a good game plan. And, and the Bengals – And then the p- perfect pick at the, the rub at the goal line. Yep, and, yep, mm. for the three-yard touchdown. Yep. Um, yeah, they just – I thought uh, I thought one time on a third and four, I thought I saw like 12 yards cushion being given to the receiver on a third and four. I'm like, what the hell? So <laughs> – but, yeah, I, just, it, it was, I think it was one of those days where, you know, the mojo just wasn't there. There's no question about it. It's amazing to think they, they converted against this defense – 12 of 18 third downs, and at one point, wasn't it like 10 of their first 11? It was a it was ridiculous nine number. 11. Nine, nine, nine for 11. 11. Yeah, I remember nine for 11 mm. for sure. Jeez. And, uh, you know, they a couple of them were, you know, third and eight, third and 12. They weren't all third and four or less, but they did right. do a better job of having more manageable third down situations than the Bengals did. But you have, uh, I forgot what I said, was it five drives with six or more first downs? I mean, that's, that's ludicrous. Oh, three of three of eight drives. Three of eight. Yeah, they only had eight. The Bengals had ten. Three of eight drives, five or more first downs. Almost half of their possessions 
You generate five first downs in a drive? I mean, that's that might happen on one drive during the course of a game. The Bengals, the most first downs the Bengals had on a drive was three on that 80-yard touchdown. Of course, they, they chunked them with that 59-yarder. Yep. But, I mean, man, you know, it's six first downs, five first downs, five first downs, three first downs on the first drive, and then the fumble, which curtailed that drive. And the thing is, Lance, in the first half, the, uh, the field position, the, the Jaguars' starting uh, drive point was their 17-yard line. The Bengals had the Jaguars. The field, field was tilted in their direction, yep. and they could not take advantage of it. They were winning the field position battle, and then, of course, you know, special teams let them down with a 63-yard punt return touchdown. So they've had a field goal blocked. They've had a 63-yard touchdown. They've had a fake punt be completed in Pittsburgh. They've had three major issues with special teams, which is very uncharacteristic, Ouch. you know, during the course of the season. Now, they did, they did get a blocked punt with Jordan Willis, yep. but three games, almost three games in a row, where you have a special teams gaffe is not, uh, not something that Darren Simmons tolerates very well, and I'm, I'm sure he's not right now. Down the stretch will go squeeze in uh, some thoughts on the Titans next. 8.52 on uh, Bengals Line, presented by Bud Light. News Radio 700, WLW. Down the stretch we go. We'll run the two-minute drill, the two-minute Titan drill. I'm Lance McAllister. He's Dave Lapham. Dave, Titans are 5-3. and three. They've won three in a row. There's a lot of numbers that don't add up to them being 5-3, and three, but they are 5-3. and three. What jumps out to you? Well, the first thing is they went to Jacksonville and pounded the Jacksonville Jaguars 37-16. So they got my respect. Jaguars just beat the heck out of uh, me if I'm a Bengal player. And uh, the Titans destroyed Jacksonville on the road in Jacksonville. So I sit up and take notice. They have two Pro Bowl tackles, Taylor Lewan and Jack Conklin. Jack Conklin out of Michigan State first rounder, Taylor Lewan out of Michigan first rounder. Russ Grimm is the offensive line coach, hell of an offensive line coach, one of the hogs. Uh, they, they're, they're good up front. They run the ball and they stop the run, Lance. They're 10th in the NFL running it and 10th in the NFL stopping the run. They're 8th in the NFL averaging four yards, 4.3 yards a rush and they're only allowing 3.6, fifth in the NFL. That one point uh, uh, or, you know, that differential between what they're allowing and what they're gaining is amongst the best in the league. So they're the same type of football team. They're physical at the line of scrimmage. And I'll tell you, Lance, that defensive football team loves Dick LeBeau. Dick LeBeau has a history with the Cincinnati Bengals. You don't think that defensive football team wants to pitch a shutout for Dick LeBeau against the Cincinnati Bengals? You, you better buckle them up uh, if you're up front with that old line because they're going to be coming. They love Coach LeBeau. Everybody does. They've uh, the, the Bayard kid uh, has five interceptions yeah. in the last two weeks. Right. Five in the last two weeks. The last uh, he's only, second time it's happened since 1970, since the merger. And, uh, you know, he, he leads the NFL with six interceptions overall, but five in the last two games. And uh, the last guy to do it, D'Angelo Hall, did it in 2010. But those are the only two guys that have done it since the merger in 1970. Byard had four interceptions last year. He's got 10 interceptions in the last 24 games. Jeez. 10 picks in 24 games. Wow. Dave, the other thing that jumped out, and, and, and you talk about a big number, their points allowed by quarter, 40, yeah, right. 45, 26, 82. And 82 <laughs> right. and a quarter this year. I mean, right. they're, they're, so they're plus 18 in the third quarter. They're minus 31 in the fourth quarter. Right. 
Plus 28. Plus 28, yes. Butler math failed math. Okay, so (laughs) look at the Bengals here, Lance. Second quarter, they've scored 65, given up 64. In the second half, they've only scored 40 points. They scored 65 in the second quarter. In the second half of the season, 20 points in the third quarter, 20 points in the fourth quarter. They've scored 89 points in the first half, 40 points in the second half. Is that adjustments? Is it lack of condition? What is it? I mean, you're scoring half as many points in the second half of the game Unbelievable. as you do in the first half. All right, our time is up. As, uh, as miserable as it may have been yesterday at times, there's no place I'd rather be than here tonight with all of you. Yes. We appreciate our uh, players for, coming, for hanging out with us tonight. We had a blast as always. Let's do it again next week from 6 to 9 o'clock. Mike Allen will follow the news. He's in for Gary Jeff Walker. It's been Bengals Line presented by Bud Light from the Holy Grail Banks on the home of the best Bengals coverage, News Radio 700 WLW. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.